everybody welcome hey. to Hi. wow it's almost like we weren't having a total other conversation right before this yep you mean a total mental breakdown before this yes <laughs> well it can uh, that can be a kind of conversation i would say i am your totally stable totally very good feeling super great gm nathan here with our excellent players and where are we oh oh that's right we're at the table of reckless attack and what is Reckless Attack? Why <laughs> it's a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Thank you so much for asking. Before we jump into today's adventure, I, as always, would like all of these excellent players to remind us who they are, who they're playing, and I don't know, a cool color. <laughs> that, that last part's optional. Again, everything's great here. Thanks for asking. To my right is. Hi, everyone. I am Redheaded Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why you're professional. That's yeah, why you make the big bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's uh. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I am playing Cell of Asterlin, the now six level Dragonborn hey. monk. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. So that's why there's a whole other episode dedicated to level ups. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Patreon. And uh, Selv's uh, feeling pretty good about getting to uh, to deep wood and the relative safety of a enormous tree. Yeah. So. Good. No notes. <laughs> to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Morlock, and green. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate for a giant, it, large tree in front of it you. It took me a moment. To, I was like, <laughs> green? What is he? T oh, right. The color. <laughs> that's it. Okay, that's great. all I got. <laughs> <laughs> the mental breakdown continues. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And for some reason, my brain keeps going to the color mauve. Ooh, okay. And like, right. that's not a, a color that I think really comes up a lot. You know what? It's because my brain kept going to that color. <laughs> and I was going to stop. <laughs> stop but it. I settled on another one. The okay. Power of twins. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where is this color coming from? It's you. It's from David. <laughs> it's me. Clearly, I'm staring into your eyes, you did deeming this, this color. Clearly, you oh. two are not sitting far enough apart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess remote you're, recording is yeah. kicking in here at Reckless Attack. I don't like this. <laughs> but you know who might like this? Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I play Velasca Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. Chartreuse. Hey. Just because it's fun to say. <laughs> so is well. It's a good, it's a good. I don't like I that. heard somebody. <laughs> oh, what, uh, really? Somebody. I don't How like did it. they say it? They said mauve. Mauve. <laughs> is that like, it? Mauve? No, like, like mauve. mauve. I think I've heard mauve. that before. Mauve. It broke my brain a little bit. Sound off I... in the comments. <laughs> it's really spell it out how you pronounce mom. <laughs> and Jonathan, does that improve your experience with the with the word mom? Mom. Can I can I go home now? <laughs> I don't want to be here. Anymore. I don't know. I'm now. I'm just sitting here thinking about a, a chartreuse char, charcuterie charcuterie board. But chartreuse chartreuse charcuterie. You know, guys. It's like highlighter yellow. It's not. They always say. To always record your podcast episodes like it's somebody's first podcast episode that they're ever <laughs> listening to you. And for those of you who that's the case, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. Go yeah, back not to episode right. one. 
It'll all make sense in context. <laughs> 63 episodes later, I promise. These are all these are all deep lore jokes <laughs> that you just aren't aren't ready for. Shh, don't tell them. I mean, if they started now, they're really missing out because they haven't heard about the ice pods. (laughs) Hey, anyway, now I want to go home. (laughs) Guys, this is episode 64. Crazy. That's a whole console that Nintendo (laughs) has released. That's true. And we've done that many episodes. We now have that many bits. Yes. And that's pretty cool. And you know what's even cooler? Ice pods. Nope. No, no, it's not. Never. Untrue. No. (laughs) They're great. It cost you nothing to not say that. (laughs) Sophie, you're in podcast timeout. (laughs) Go to the Now you see what it feels like, Sophie. (laughs) You see what I have to deal with all the time. (laughs) But see, you're you're terrorizing people in game. I'm sorry. I'm just terrorizing. You're just terrorizing the players. (laughs) You know what is both very cool and very terrorizing is the size and scope of Deepwood, right? Wow. Guys? Wow. Flawless judo flip into the episode. That's right. You guys, after I think uh, eight days, basically, we've recalculated off air or just and or decided off air <laughs> of traveling from the Red City of Akmar, you have finally made it to your first real waypoint and kind of your only real known destination as part of this journey to meet mysterious sorceress uh, Lorana Moonglove as well as help the other members of the Bones, the Undead Centurions. And that is at Deepwood. In front of you all is an unbelievably giant tree. Larger probably than almost any living thing you've ever seen. It is hundreds and hundreds of feet up in the air, but you are still able to make out a good amount of detail. There are several waterfalls going all through this city, which is carved out kind of in the middle of this foliage. I believe we unfortunately described it as a tree city sandwich, (laughs) for there is foliage above and foliage below this strange wooden city with motes of light and activity And there is all kinds of interesting activity and living living matter there. There is moss. There is a large mushroom that is like a flat plane, kind of almost sticking out like an extra, like... um, Terrace. Yes, a terrace is a great word for it. That there seem to be some buildings, some old, maybe abandoned buildings from. You see birds, ravens you would surmise, circling all around the city. Some maybe tiny moats that might be flocks of regular-sized ones all the way up to giant, maybe colossal-sized birds that circle this city, including the one of Raven Mount Juniper, somewhere up there, presumably, which was an individual, a halfling who was bundled up completely in leathers and layers who greeted you as an emissary of Deepwood. You've kind of been told you may or may not have an immediate warm welcome, but you will be potentially granted an audience with the Council of Elders who help rule this kind of tree city for two reasons. First, because you guys hoped, A, for certainly a little bit of rest inside the safety of a city, but also 
On the road, you found out from the city of Agmar, another city, Crossroads, had been attacked. Its large gate and bridge had been ripped down and that the city had to be evacuated. A good number of people had made the easy journey up to Agmar and were currently being welcomed and taken care of, but another group was heading to Deepwood. You were asked, please try to ensure a safe arrival, whatever that means. But that is not a quest for this evening. For night is falling, and you have to essentially wait to be called up. <laughs> we wait in line another another day. Yeah, another exactly. City. Yep, exactly. You take your numbers and go from there. Why did we rush all the way here if we were just going to wait in line? <laughs> this ride sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, presumably, but, but essentially you guys have been told you can still wait underneath the tree and kind of still get a degree of protection for a night. Um, you're still exposed to the elements, but presumably there is enough guards and, you know, kind of mystical protections that an evening spent under the tree will be a safe one. As we approach the tree, what kind of entrance is there? Is there like a big gate surrounding the tree is there like like how do you get up into it well that is a question that you do not have the answer to even <laughs> as you approach ah. but it is a notable question because you would obviously be like well um yeah hey so where how do we go where's the in <laughs> where's the out i would like to be up there please how yeah do that? Well, we, I, at some point i could tell you if we were playing this in england uh we would just get on the leaf damn it <laughs> <laughs> so you are approaching, and the scale of this is continues somehow continues to be more and more awe-inspiring the closer you get. No matter, there's no sense of scale. Your brain almost has a hard time wrapping its head around something as mundane as a tree being as large as this is. Again, it is hundreds, if not maybe like thousands of feet all the way around. It is thick, sturdy, and old. You see at the base of this tree that right near some of its roots, there is an opening that you would, could maybe, if you squinted, might be a way in. But as you approach, it doesn't really, it doesn't lead all the way back. Like you can't see through it. It seems to lead into somewhere and there's lighting but there's no grand entryway, there's nothing. The only other kind of clue you get is that, again, there is a central waterfall going down the trunk of this tree, and you can pick out lights going all the way up. You realize as you get closer, because you're, you're trying to figure this out, you realize, holy shit, that might be an elevator that goes... From somewhere inside of the roots, all the way up to the city. And Catherine will turn to Checkers and say, this looks like something like the, by the ports at Lotros. They have these like giant pulleys to hoist cargo up from the ships down below. I wonder if they use something similar here. It would make sense. That's a trek to the top of that tree for any person. I do not envy anyone that has to turn that pulley. I hope there's a team. <laughs> I hope it's magic. 
as you approach, you start to see not just kind of all of the light emanating off of both high above you, behind the waterfalls, and again, kind of underneath the root system where you assume maybe the elevator is located. You start to notice that there are a couple of campfires that other people have gathered underneath. There are two or three kind of off on their own and then kind of a larger grouping where there's a dozen plus fires uh, that seem to be kind of a large group. As you guys approach from now the darkness, no one really acknowledges you. Everyone just kind of like looks at you awkwardly as a stranger in a supermarket, basically. (laughs) I imagine Kaskrin is kind of walking past some of these groups and their campfires as people are getting set up and kind of like hunkering down for the night. And he is going to try and get closer to the elevator. Like he's going to, I imagine like the giant tree is towering overhead and like even the roots of this tree are giant and they feel expansive. Like they feel like walls as he's getting closer to this thing. But he's going to try and see, like, can we can we just go up? <laughs> you know, like, it's late. It's dark. Like, I I, I kind of just want to be in the city. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. Um. So does anyone else, is anyone else following Kaskrin? And are you inviting everyone else? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I assume we were just following Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad said we could go, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Kaskrin, you stride past all these groups of people, and especially as you get closer to the roots, definitely people are kind of like looking over you to be like, wait a second, what's yeah. that? What are they doing over there? Wait, they're, are, they're are they just up? looking at us and they're like, ugh, newcomers. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, I imagine they're like, we could have done that all along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, we could just we could just go in and, and go it's up. A, but... It's a it's a combination mm-hmm. of all all of these reactions and more. As you go in, it becomes much more obvious that it, it's much more like a natural tunnel that goes underneath these roots that by themselves are thicker probably than almost any tree you've ever seen. Just the root, a single root alone, would be gargantuan. There is torchlight all over the place, and you walk in and there are just kind of rows of torches going all the way back, and it goes back a good hundred feet. Actually, Selv will kind of look <laughs> look at the the torches in the tree with all that wood, and just kind of is it a magical light that is that looks like a torch, or that actually legitimate torches that are giving off heat and and smoke and all of that? They're a little too far up for you to be able to tell if they are giving off heat, but they appear to be flame. I'll put it that way. Like, it's not light spells. It is actual burning flame. flame. Okay. As we enter, is there any type of signage? No. Okay. There's not. (laughs) Just say ourselves a hundred foot walk of like, visitors. Please wait in line. (laughs) Here's here's your number. There's a visitor center. We can go get a map somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for visiting Deepwood. We are temporarily closed for remodeling. (laughs) Please see us next year for grand opening. (laughs) Soon, two individuals come up to you. They are similar to Raven Mount Juniper, wrapped entirely in leathers, in armor, have those same kind of almost goggles on, so you can see their eyes a little bit through them, but it's actually pretty murky. Mm -hmm. As they approach, Val's waiting. (laughs) 
Tashwin trying to appear very non-threatening, and he also makes sure that the Golden Tree Guild badge is like clear and present on his armor. Excuse me. What? What are the What are the five of you doing here? We are travelers. We are from the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild branch in Agmar, and we have traveled a long and difficult way to get here, hoping to find some respite, hoping to find warm beds, good drink in the in the wall in the trees, the, the, <laughs> the boughs of Deepwood. Yeah, we say boughs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a word. Are you uh, are you here on any particular business? We were hoping to speak to the Council of Deepwood. We have some questions, and we have a request. The second one kind of leans into the first one and says something. And the first one who's been talking to you kind of like nods his head a little bit and is like, ah, oh, oh, Gilders, okay. Haven't had it uh, too many of yours around recently, but yeah, we were told to, to look out for you. Golden Tree, you said, right? That's us. Hey, you know us. We were told to watch out for you. The other one's like, actually, I, I know you guys. Sell, we're famous. Well, uh, do we recognize the other one? Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, like, the guild. Yeah, we oh, are. Oh, okay. The sorry, not, 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 not individuals of the guild. The, yeah, so, you, just to yeah. clarify. The, the guild, not that the person, guilders. That person yeah. recognizes the guild name and not mm-hmm. us individually. Sorry about that. We're tired. It's been a long day. That's uh, I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't. I wasn't clear. Just it's 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 cool to to meet real guilders. If I may ask, um, how did you hear of the Golden Tree? Oh, uh, I mean, a lot of the people who live here uh, and work here, especially the the Raven Mounts and the guards like us. I mean, we really appreciate old traditional older orders and stories and and heroes. And the other the first one kind of like rolls his eyes a little bit. He's <laughs> like, to be clear. We were told to wait for you guys because a raven mount told us to. Ah, thank you for the clarification. Um, are we allowed up? Simultaneously, they both say, no. <laughs> oh. Will we be allowed up? They kind of uh, look at each other, and the first one kind of says, I'll put it this way. If a raven mount is vouching for you, I'd put good odds on it. Excellent. I want to try something, actually. Kashkin looks towards the one that got kind of excited mm-hmm. and says, that's a, that's a real shame. You know, we've been traveling for eight just adventure-packed days. My feet are tired. I love a drink. And boy, the stories that I could tell you of even just what happened out in the plains outside of Agmar would blow your mind, but it's just, I'd really love a place to sit down first. And it's trying to, he like looks wistfully at the tree and is trying to get uh, one of the guards to like let us in and like, you know, we'll, we'll, I, like, we'll share stories with you if you'll let us into the tree. Roll me a persuasion check. Does anyone like to aid? In this persuasion check, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, no, he's well, on his own. Yeah. Only Casper like, gets lights up <laughs> because I was like, oh, cast guidance, but I have to like say something. Yeah, you have to like visibly be like, 
prey upon him. Yeah. There's a faint glow. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, by the way, maybe you should let us up. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, So um, the background that I took for Selv was Far Traveler, mm-hmm. which is you can parlay this attention into access to people and places you might not otherwise have Ooh, for you hey. or your traveling companions. Uh, noble lords, scholars, and merchant, uh, and merchant princes, to name a few, might be interested in hearing about your distant homeland and people. Ooh, um, I mean. And Cashman will specifically call that out and kind of like wink and like kind of nudge towards Selv and just like, you know, Selv here is a monk from a far off monastery. He, he alone has traveled uh, thousands of miles and is now joining us as an esteemed member of this ancient order. Oh, stop it. You're making me blush. What would you say, Steve? Is there a thing or fact or just like not even fact, maybe just vibe about the monastery, your order or anything that you think might particularly resonate with this person, with people who are sworn guards of an ancient tree city uh, or anything like that to just to kind of like really drive it home? The only thing that immediately comes to mind is just pure elevation <laughs> i i come from a place that oh you think the tree is tall <laughs> uh the that's like the base of the you know the base of the mountain is about that high and then you know it just goes up from there so, so what does self say um so in the monastery the elevation that we are at it tends to be very cold up there um are there temperature differences between here and the first level of the city or the top level of the city does it snow the the second one who was very enthusiastic was like oh i'm i'm yeah but i mean I'm sure not as much as you guys and the first one kind of like cuts him off and then like turns back to Kaskrin as you like finish saying whatever it is you were going to say and so Kaskrin again steps forward trying to display the guild badge but also he stands in like a similar posture of the two soldiers letting them know like I get it. I get it. We're all guards here. Like, come on, guys. Yep. So I'm going to roll with advantage. Oh. I yeah. needed it. <laughs> Useful. Yeah. That is 22. Ooh. Okay. The second guard gets cut off in his enthusiasm about temperature changes. And the first one looks at you and really, you can, you can almost see through kind of these tinted cloudy lenses. You can almost see an eyes. You see a set of eyes squinting and kind of glaring at you. And he says, how long are you, you guys planning to be here? We really are just looking for answers to where we need to go to next. So honestly, if we get those days at the most, a day or two. They kind of talk amongst themselves just for a second and they just kind of then shrug. Follow us. And now. A word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash reckless attack, where you can get access to our behind the screen talkback show, as well as our new Reckless to Snacks series, where we eat snacks, hang out, 
and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. The two guards turn on their heels and start walking towards the base of the towering tree. They lead you into a large, cavernous entryway between the city's roots, taking you into the tree itself. It's one of those things where the deeper you go, the sense of scale just starts to kind of blow your mind a little bit. And it's like, holy shit, we're still walking through this tree? And there are still torches farther than I can see going that? Oh, oh. (laughs) How big is this area? Like, I'm assuming it's kind of like a tunnel almost. Yeah, it's... Uh, But how, how big is it and how, you know... Do we get the sensation that there is an enormous amount of weight above us? It's very jarring because it is probably 30 feet tall. So it's it's pretty sizable. And so it's is, like spacious. Yes. But spacious in that it's a giant tunnel slash it, It's only 1% cavern. of the <laughs> right of the tree. Exactly. Because they'd have to like send caravans through here like and cargo and stuff like it's a. I imagine it's a. It's a big entrance. Yeah, they. I mean, and and you would know that back in the day, this was just a perfectly normal functioning city. So yeah, people would come all the time, and like, even when it was built, clearly it was again, it was meant to be this big like bastion of of like connection between the outside world and the wood, and so obviously it needs to be pretty big to get enough outside world <laughs> up into it to connect with. Eventually. You get to an area where it is carved in kind of this even bigger rotunda where it goes up another maybe 20 feet at its apex. Above you, you see this large carved out circle that also similarly stretches into darkness for quite some time before maybe you can see a few motes of light. You can start now and you just kind of realize you've been starting to hear it for the last hundred feet, is you hear water crashing. Again, you know that you're not even all that deep into this place. And they say, uh, just wait here for a second. Val turns and stares directly at Checkers. Why are you looking at me? I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> just me, just, just good old Checkers here. I'm just looking at you. Keep an eye on you. And Cashkin or uh, and and Checkers just like stealthily pulls out a cardboard cutout of him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Similar to uh, to to oh my gosh, our our PI tree guy. Yeah, Alareth. Where it's just a A carving, perfectly carved. I feel like Checkers is still kind of reeling from the effects of yesterday, where he climbed a giant (laughs) skeleton saint and had a great story to tell, but didn't really get what he wanted out of it, so he's a little more chill today about climbing. Jonathan. Yes. This person is going up to something Mm -hmm. that is a way to communicate all the way up at the top of the tree. Hey! Yeah. (laughs) It could be that. What is it that this person uses to communicate upwards? Is it just a weird knot that they touch? Is it a mushroom? Is it something? What what little thing? What little device? What little bit of nature do they connect with? 
You're gonna regret asking me that question mm-hmm. because the only thing I can think about is like one of those dumb, like one of those curved horns that they blow into and just makes like this loud sound. <laughs> and I don't know why I was thinking about this, but it's like they must be yodeling or something, because <laughs> just, just because of the yep. vast distances. So it's like a it's like a combination of. It's like they use Morse code. Yeah, but through yodel. yeah. yodels. Yeah. And dutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Done. So, it, yeah, it is It is Morse code through yodels and dutes. I love it because, like, when you said a giant horn, I'm like, oh, this is like a weird didgeridoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's also But right. I love it more <laughs> than, yeah. I thought yodels. it was going to be ravens because, oh, yeah. like, the whole motif. But, like, no. <laughs> ravens are up top. Yeah. We're, uh, we're underground. Okay. They don't I, like I, that. I, honestly, I, I was kind of picturing, like, similar to, like, a, a, a horn, but you speak into the wide end, but it's actually a flower. I was and imagine then, like a vine. Yeah, and then oh. it, same, it, it, same like, thing. Yeah. And it gets repeated out at the like the nope. ones that like hang like a bell. Yeah, yeah. And then you just like kind of pull it down, like hey, you just pull well, it down. It's like as, <laughs> as, as, all of, as all of your characters are wondering, oh, how are they going to get word up? Maybe there's a vine. Maybe there's some yeah. sort of cool flower. Uh, <laughs> the two guards just from a weird side compartment just drag on wheels this giant. This giant, uh, like horn, which is like intricately artistically carved out of fine finished wood, mm-hmm. and has a bunch of like. Decoration. Oh, I thought it was like the horn of a creature, like um, what are those crazy sheep that have like spiral right. horns? Oh, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. like a specific. I'll find it. No, because this one, well, because this one is specifically where it is roughly humanoid height, but curls around a little bit and then points straight upwards. Uh huh. They kind of like look up and then look down at the horn and just line up the, 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 the I don't know, God, what's the end bit of a horn? The out part. The mouth. They line up the no. out part. The horn? The horn part. <laughs> is that the horn? Is it just the horn? Uh, they line up. They line the, it up. The speaker. <laughs> and actually, both at the same time. And it's not just kind of a little uh, a tube mouth, it's kind of a, a larger thing to accommodate this large horn they both in not a beautiful sing-song voice but in a very effective practiced and harmonized sing-song just kind of start hitting notes Mm -hmm. um up and down aren't really using any words or saying anything but are just clearly communicating upwards I gotta say, I think having guards who can all yodel must be the most effective security system in all <laughs> you of You have Russia. to yodel <laughs> right. or else. <laughs> right. Because uh, you can't get up to the tree otherwise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sergeant, Sergeant Ricola, report. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, after a little bit, the echoes, you know, die down. And you actually wait for a few minutes for a response. And the guards don't seem bothered by this at all. They're just like, "Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a bit." <laughs> uh, just got to talk to people, and it's a whole thing. That was um unexpected. And then Self will reach into his pouch and take out a couple of silver and hand them to Cass. <laughs> <laughs> what 
was the b- no. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to know. It's not important. It's not important. I'm just imagining I have to take the silver coins immediately and hand them to the fortunate because Caspian is in debt. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> a whole daisy chain of like all each other. Just the fortunate is actually holding all of your money for you guys now because it, they've just won so much. So after a few minutes, you hear from again impossibly far away these reverberating notes and eventually and it sounds you can't really make sense of it because there's so much echo until it finally makes its way all the way down to where you guys are it hits this rotunda in this really perfect way where it is like you know like if you're standing in a cathedral and you can hear a whisper from 50 feet away that's the level of acoustics suddenly this place has. And it's just, it is beautiful in its harmonies as opposed to its execution. But you hear this interesting sing-song notes popping around, kind of all around you guys. I too, like I imagine it too, you know, we start walking in towards this little rotunda and all of a sudden like we can hear our footsteps and like we can hear like whispers and, and mangoes like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> exactly Much you can hear every frog blink yeah. <laughs> that I, moist I, flapping sound I never thought that checkers was so squishy until now <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, let's, let's do a little character building what's the worst sound that you guys hear right now in this rotunda no the two guards look like kind of like look at each other and then look at you guys are we all gonna have to do that Checkers ask, hopefully. <laughs> Are we all gonna get to do that? Hold on, I gotta. That's a way more interesting question <laughs> than you realize. Nice. And I, Nathan, need a moment to figure <laughs> out what the right. Hold on, let, let me look at what Self's performance is. I'm imagining, if you'll permit me, for theatricality, you ask that question finally as a platform descends. And you can kind of see it again. You start to be able to make it out from whatever light is up above. And very soon, especially those of you with dark vision, can see the bottom of something that kind of perfectly fits in this circular hole. It extends into the room. And it is just a simple wide platform. It's probably 20 feet across. So, you know, medium sized with hand railings and all that good stuff. At the center is a massive vine or, you know, wrapping of kind of miscellaneous plant materials. And on the sides of it, trailing down and almost wrapped around some of the hand railings is moss. And so there are four kind of grasping tendrils of moss that actually appear to be lowering this platform down to the middle of the room and the guards kind of make sure that you and their ceremonial wooden yodeling horn (laughs) are well out of the way and they gesture for you guys to get aboard I will say uh, I lied earlier when I said checkers ran out of energy to climb Uh, (laughs) at the sight of this giant thick vine that is connected to this large wooden platform checkers just yells out race it to the top and he and Mango just run over to the giant vine and begin climbing it as fast as he can. <laughs> as you guys lift off, 
and this moss starts to kind of gather you upwards. Checkers, roll me a constitution saving throw, please. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) You climb for about three minutes (laughs) before the road catches up with you. Let Let me roll for mango. Like eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, your webbed feet. While it is a incredible climbing apparatus, mm-hmm. really are like, oh, I am tired, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so th- does the vine stay at the bottom? Like, is it like a central shaft that the pillar, like the rotunda is like being pulled around? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it is kind of almost like a stabilizing thing or maybe a fail safe or something. But yeah, the vine itself is not moving. And it is the moss that is propelling you guys seemingly upwards. For some reason, I just have a vision of, like, Kaskrin is just, like, throwing things at Checkers <laughs> as, like, Checkers is feverishly climbing on this vine and, like, slowly coming back down as he's losing ground. Yeah. <laughs> and then Checkers just, like, angrily just, yeah. like, pouncing on the- <laughs> Right. You are you, they're on an elevator, you are on an escalator. So you are moving quicker than you would otherwise, uh-huh. but you still are having to locomote and therefore right. <laughs> as you ascend hundreds of feet upwards, you get a little tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually again, you start to get to uh I guess the equivalent of floors, but where there is just kind of windows with torchlight once again. And each time you come across one, you hear rushing water just go past you Hmm. as the waterfall is clearly on the other side. After several minutes of ascent and kind of discombobulating minutes in that it's a little faster than you would, than your body is, we're probably accustomed to. I feel like Val is trying to look at everything and just like waiting for those breaks in the tree where she can like see out and then, like, she gets too intently focused on it. And it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> got motion sick. She's got to, like, sit down, put her head between her knees. <laughs> Catherine's just trying to get his ears to pop. <laughs> mop, mop, mop. After a bit of ascent, you feel it start to slow, and you can see even more light above you. And the elevator arrives at its destination. You guys are seemingly in the front and center of the city. All the kind of small details you saw on the approach are now real and tangible. It is a beautiful city. It's hard to describe, but it seems like everything is made out of a single piece of wood. All carved, all buildings are flush with the ground. All trees seem to be branches that stem upwards. There's dirt and things on the ground. There are pathways. But it all appears to be one single part of this tree. Is it like if somebody took, like, mold earth and, like, made a building? It's yes. It's just, like, a continuation? Yes, that is a perfect way of putting it. It is, like, almost no... There are no edges, no creases. It is all just kind of gentle slopes upwards. And again, there are phosphorescent mosses and and even just moats that kind of hang in the air mysteriously. There's birds everywhere. And I believe I described it, but it is a multi-level city as well. So you guys are on like the first level and it's up two, three 
levels that are hundreds of feet up there. And again, there's moss everywhere. There's birds. There's flowers. There's all kinds of things happening and growing and thriving up here. But there's not as much mortal life as you were maybe expecting. And as you look around, not many lights are on. There are some. There are people in the streets, of course. There are buildings. All the buildings still look great, well taken care of. But for being this large, giant city atop a tree that was kind of a self-styled bastion and lighthouse and place of contact, not many people are up here. Except, of course, for... Juniper, the halfling Ravenmount, who is waiting at the top of this elevator. And he says, um, so you guys got a, got impatient, huh? You cannot keep this man and Val points to Cass out of a city for too long. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he's been chatting with the younger guard on the way up here. It's like, okay, so we saw this portal, okay? We're two days out of the city and there's just like, thing keeps following us. And he's like, you know, sharing some of the stories already as we're like moving on up in here. Juniper, you don't understand. They, there's, it's, you're really, it's really, they're, I mean, you didn't tell me they're really, I mean, it's like. And he gives Juniper a wink of like, <laughs> yeah, we got you, it in here. You get it. You we understand. Juniper says, well, I had to vouch for you guys, which is fine. I have enough reputation to throw around, but um, we don't let people up here uninvited. I invited you. You're fine. You're not in trouble. But just know that your presence here is both welcome and unique. We appreciate you inviting us, and we will make sure we are good stewards of your hospitality. Self so will bow. Thank you for inviting us up. Hey, Juniper, I have a question. Are you, like, sweaty? Do frogs get sweaty? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm clammy, but I'm always clammy. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Why do you look so tired? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those two knew about the golden tree. Do you know about the golden tree? A little bit. I know the name. I know that you had branches kind of all over the place. I think you were one of the ones, was one of the ones who was gone for a bit, maybe? Is that right? Yes, that is right. And yes. Val's like, come on, guys, we learned this come in orientation. <laughs> Does everyone know about the golden tree here? I think a lot of the guards and a lot of the raven mounts probably know, not necessarily about you guys or about the golden tree, but about guilders, about I mean, saints, about all that kind of stuff. It, it goes with their general motif. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We don't we don't get a lot of outsiders here and so we don't we don't really think of a lot of like tree puns a lot. She's just um, like haha, tree humor. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So original. Yeah. So somehow I haven't heard heard that one before, but I've heard enough. Now why don't you make like a leaf? <laughs> and get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and he starts he started just kind of uh, waving you guys uh, on and starts kind of walking and and he is he is still covered in head to toe 
Now, I already sent word to a local tavern. It's a little far, but trust me, it's really comfortable, really nice, uh, and first round on me. Uh, come on, let's go. The group of you walk a little ways, turning away from the elevator and this big center of town and quickly going off of some of the main thoroughfares into side streets, alleyways, that sort of thing, that crisscross the street in a winding fashion. After a little bit, as you guys have been walking and chatting and Juniper has pointed out the local sites, that sort of thing, Checkers, it occurs to you that he is not taking you in a straightforward route. It's very gradual. It's very well, like kind of well hidden and well practiced. Uh Uh, It is not obvious, but it becomes apparent to you. It's like, wait, if we just turned left there, we would have gotten to this much faster. And it's just taking a little bit of a circuitous route to wherever it is you guys are going. So it's obvious to checkers that we're taking the scenic route. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. He's not necessarily, like, he is answering questions if you guys are like, holy shit, what's that? Uh But he's not giving you guys a tour. I'm assuming he's trying to get us somewhat lost and turned around so we don't know exactly where we are. But, uh... I was going to ask, too, as soon as we start kind of veering off the main path, that might ring some alarm bells for checkers, as these kinds of routes aren't well-known and maybe are more frequented by the, uh less savory sorts of folks. Mm -hmm. Would you like to make any sort of role? Would you like to tell someone in the party? And again, for you guys, it's just a weird new place and there's lots to see. And so I'm going to just say that like, it hasn't quite caught on for you guys to even like occur to be like, wait, where are we? (laughs) Oh, Val is the one who's asking a non-stop slew of questions. Yeah. What's that? What's what what is that moss? And do you grow that naturally here? Mm -hmm. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that one edible? Is that one edible? (laughs) Let's checkers questions. Yeah. <laughs> Val would be asking about that. <laughs> I think checkers would actually ask Selv or tell Selv like, "Hey, uh, Selv, I know we're famous here, but <laughs> I don't like the look of this. I feel like Jennifer's taking us somewhere we're not supposed to be, and maybe there's other people here that we don't want to be associated with." <sighs> really? So Selv will start paying closer attention. Mm-hmm. To kind of where we're going, and I, I, I don't know how to. Well, I, I will describe this as if it was a regular city, and we can make the transition to mm-hmm. what a tree city would look like. But it um, is—it's actually kind of laid out as if someone who had never stepped foot in a city in their entire lives looked at three maps of a city and are like, <laughs> "Yeah, I got this." And <laughs> so it is like sort of familiar, but kind of in a weird, uncanny valley. Of streets and layouts and alleyways. Is it like East Coast cities where it's like, we built this one part that made total sense. And then like, oh, we just added on to it. And then like, it makes more. It's a little bit of that. But at the same time, it's like, as if someone had looked at an East Coast city and you're like, well, I guess that's what cities look like. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all just kind of weird haphazard, but I don't quite understand why. And, but I translated it into tree version. Mm -hmm. And are the other two guards still with us? No. Okay. The actually one stayed down and the other one went up just again, maybe to hear Kaskarin keep telling him stories, but went back down on the on the elevator uh, okay. just to go back down. So just yeah, he, was, he was still on shift, but it, yeah. the first guard was like, yeah, you can go. Yeah. <laughs> While Selv has not been in a lot of cities, there are some general things that he is going to look at now. And the first being typically 
inns and taverns would be on the main stretch of like the main thoroughfare of the city or the town because that's where people are coming in. Yep, that's where certainly. That, you, so does it look like we are well off of that? I won't even have you make a perception check. You absolutely are. Okay. And also the fact that there are not that many people here. Why wouldn't we just go to the closest one? So would you like to make a roll or something to figure out where you are, to try to read um, or to try yes. and tell other people? I would like to kind of do a quick insight on Perfect. Juniper. Just to kind of, does Juniper look like tense or, you know, like, or, or anything like that or waiting for, you know, some kind of signal or something? Okay. Give me an insight check. A uh, total of 12. Juniper is a smooth customer. Even as you're looking for something, as far as Juniper is concerned, like, oh, yeah, this is just a normal walk and we're just talking and I have these weird tourists behind me who are a little pushy, but they seem nice enough. And so, sure, I'll answer their questions, etc., etc. Juniper, as far as you can tell, is betraying nothing. Uh, then next, I would like to try to get Val's attention. She is just question after question. <laughs> I feel like Juniper has pretty brief and to-the-point answers, so she asks a lot of follow-up questions, really trying to get to know the entire ecosystem of the Tree City. <laughs> Who was the architect? Who was their firstborn? Like, the and whole life history. So, so she's just nonstop. So I will use that. I'll kind of put my hand on Val's shoulder and just say, Val, Val. We will have plenty of time to ask these questions. And then I will tap my forehead and like point to her and tap my forehead again. Val will cast mine. That's, that's a pretty clear sign. <laughs> Juniper like pauses and just turns around and just misses you doing it. Yeah. Does Kathleen kind of get the sense that something's going on at uh, this point? I would say there was no stealth rolls or anything. Okay. Like You would see yourself like go up. You, you, I mean, well, maybe and also, Selv is not trying to hide it from Cass. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Like, I think okay. absolutely. Val Cass, mind link. It's like Selv. What the heck? I want my questions answered. <laughs> this is amazing. We're in Tree City. So many things are happening, and she's going to just be like rattling on in her mind Val, at Selv. Like, what? Val. 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 <laughs> what? Selv will basically say what Checkers told him, and uh, you know that we. We could have gotten to an inn a lot faster. We could have gotten to this spot a lot faster. Juniper's taking us somewhere that they don't want us to know. There's something going on. Um, please tell Cass. <laughs> okay. I would like to make another insight check against Juniper, just so I can gauge what the vibe is. Absolutely. Because I suspect we may need to make a hasty retreat, or at least try to do a diversion. Yeah, and, and I'll say that you've already... Val also mind yeah. link pinged you. You are caught up. 14. I'm going to ask you. It's not much better than what self rolled. Okay. But it is very close. So what I'm going to ask you is what are either, what are you looking for specifically? Or do you do something to, this is going to sound like a loaded word. Do not read into my use of the following word to provoke a information from him. You yeah. know, are you going to ask a question? Are you going to say something? Are you going to, oh, God, I tripped and oh, whatever. So Kaskrin begins sneezing uncontrolled. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, ah, ah, 
And it's like, my allergies are acting up. Like, something's going on here. And and he kind of, like, points towards a path that may go in the direction of, like, the main city that's in a different direction that Juniper's going. And it's like, I can't, I can't move. I can't go any, I can't go forward. We have to turn that way. And it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) So you start stumbling that direction. Juniper pauses for a second and looks at you. And what you would notice is that he looks down the road, alley, whatever, that you're kind of stumbling towards. And you can see his eyes squint just a little bit. Again, just barely. What makes it especially hard to read because he's covered, his whole face is covered. There's just that pause. And he looks back at you. And then he darts over to Kaskrin and kind of puts his halfling hands around you and is like, oh my goodness, oh, sorry. I mean, pollen, right? It's uh, I forget the people, you know, who don't live in tree and bird all the time, you know, can do that. And he like, Definitely kind of starts like just steering you back to the to the group. Definitely, clearly, only making sure you're sticking with everybody. Kaskrin, what would you like to do kind of in this moment? You saw him look down that direction and then act and then start just, you know, I mean, just steering you back. Of course, you want to be on the right path going to the place with the group. Does Kaskrin react in any way? I'm going to sneeze so hard <laughs> into his face. And I want to cover his visor. Okay. The goggles, oh. His goggles oh. just like gross not. And uh. it's just like the pollen is like terrible. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, uh, uh, okay. I'm going to allow a Blades in the Dark style flashback. Being able to just spew over someone's, you know, goggles just with natural saliva. That's tough. But if you had been like, I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do. What is Kaskrin spitting all over the face <laughs> of seemingly very helpful Raven Mount Juniper? So while we were walking, as Selv and Velasca were mind-linking, Kaskrin pulls something from one of his pouches, and it's Velasca's granola. <laughs> and so as he's walking, he has like chipmunk cheeks, <laughs> chews this stuff. You know, gets it nice and and uh, and and gooey and, and yeah, mushy, gooey. Yeah. and then just like Bowser's full of dates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when they're he... delicious and they're a natural sweetener. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> we have a Dungeons and Dragons game to play. We can't talk about this right now. <laughs> and so when he sneezes, he covers Juniper's goggles with like starchy, gross, like dates and oats and just like. It's it's like viscous. Yeah, I'm imagining that just like stops him in his tracks. We're just like, what <laughs> the hell? What do you do with this? You have a moment where like where you knew this was coming. You were the only one who knew this was coming. <laughs> uh, but you have a split second before he starts wiping, reacting, anything. What do you do with this window of time? I haven't thought that far. <laughs> <laughs> After sneezing on Juniper, he kind of turns the tables a little bit. He like switches it and like, more forcefully leads him <laughs> down the path that Catherine wanted to go. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't believe, like, ah, Dwarven snot, you know, prodigious for for being extremely filled oh, with Oh, we got to get that cleaned up granular. before it sets. Yeah, we cannot right, yeah. let that get it's set It's going to harden a rock in On your goggles, minutes, so. too? No. I, I heard sometimes it's used as a glue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so, so to be clear, who is, I 
Very, I love this. This is very good. So, Kashgrin, you are busy dragging, distracting, yeah. kind of like stretching this moment as long as possible. Are any other people piling on to keep us distracted as long as possible? And is anyone else looking out, trying to make a break for it? Like, what? Are you, what again, this is a moment that Kashgrin is is like busting ass <laughs> to to just like someone do something Val, someone do something Val hands casts a rag covered in ink to help wipe off the goggles Checkers is going to do two things one he's going to go through Juniper's pockets if he has any pockets and just quickly rifle around see if there's something in there that might give us a clue as to what they were trying to do or where they were trying to take take us with one hand, he reaches into Junior's pockets, and in the other hand, he puts Junior back into that pocket. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot I had a magic item. <laughs> that would have been... I take out the liminal looking glass and read Juniper's surface thoughts. In this moment? Okay. Steve, what are you doing? This is all happening immediately. Self is just, I'm going to keep an eye out. While they're all doing their stuff, I'm going to look around for anybody else and see if there's anybody moving uh, okay. out there. Sleight of hand roll from Checkers. Especially because Val is helping you, Kaskrin, to exacerbate the situation, and you are much denser than this little half. Yeah, he's like <laughs> using his strength to like basically hold him in place. You know, he's being cordial, but it's like, oh no, we gotta get this off of you. And right. he's just like wiping his mask. Yeah, come on, out. just yeah. no, stop, stop. And he's like like immediately like, this is I don't like this. <laughs> Real bad rolls from Checkers. I got a 10 on sleight of health. Okay, roll me a perception check. Sure. Self. Rolls and words are hard for checkers today. <laughs> wow. 13. All of this is happening at once. Kaskrin, again, is kind of bodying <laughs> Juniper down the way. As it's happening, is like smearing, or, or maybe Juniper's, maybe like smearing with one hand this rag that is supposed to be helping and like oh god why is it even dark I can see even less now and Checkers goes in to see if there's something in his in one of his again there's many many pockets but you can see that there's something in one of the pockets Uh and you go in and Juniper slaps your hand and grabs it oh no and like he feels like your hand go into his pocket and he grabs your wrist uh huh Val, you kind of have a moment because you're going like, hand it, boom, magnifying glass right away. Draw it from the pocket and you attune to it. And the words, other than a lot of cursing mm-hmm. and a lot of, what? oh my God, wait, what's what's the hand? Oh God, what? Is they're not supposed to see. Self, you see down the road a glimpse of a mortal person who has like ducked down an alleyway. And I don't know, Checkers, we can see if you snap, break out of it or whatever, but uh-huh. like grabs you and is like, okay, that, this, what is happening? What is happening? I suppose that's a good question we could ask you. Casper at this point has donned his armor. He's changed the color of his rock to be more dense and is basically bear hugging Juniper. As Juniper is like, screaming, like, what is going on? What is this? Kaskrin will yell, that's something we were hoping you'd be able to tell us. We don't appreciate being lied to. Why are we going this way instead of the inn? Call off your bird. Behind you, 
a large raven who looks slightly familiar lands. What am I lying to you about? I let you in! Val was just take this opportunity to actually clean Juniper's goggles. And he like, uh, no, no, you stay there. Let's just... And he like, and he looks up at his raven. He's like, let's all just relax. What? I apologize. This situation escalated. We are wondering why we're taking a winding path to get where we're going. And I would also like to know what we're not supposed to see. You want to see the sights, right? You're asking. I mean, there are so many questions. All right. Look. <laughs> Sorry. I just love how Juniper so quickly was like, no. Yeah, let's fuck this. <laughs> Selville just kind of cross his arms. <laughs> just wait. And there's still no activity anywhere near you guys. Mm-hmm. In fact, what I'm going to say now is you realize it's very quiet around here. And he says, all right, look, 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 look. I'm looking. Show me something. And you get these feelings where, like, Juniper is boiling up with this frustration. Mm -hmm. And you're not sure, and maybe Juniper's not sure what exactly he's frustrated at, but is frustrated. And with desperation in his tone of voice and in his body, he shouts to you, to show you this! He takes off his goggles and rips off some of the, not bandages, but like wraps and like masking and stuff around his face. And you see that other than his kind of black hair that you saw previously, he is a a very normal looking halfling, except every color, every pigment in his skin is totally white. And that is where we'll end this week's episode, everyone. Hooray! That was not what I was expecting. (laughs) No shit! (laughs) See you guys next time! Bye! As you all know, I keep the big numbers facing up for mm-hmm. dice training. As, as one does. But the percentile dice... I still keep the zeros up. ...is zeros and tens, etc. So I really should be doing 90. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But, like, no, the, because, 90 is worse. Because if, you, if you're taking it 1 through 10, the zero is 10. The zero, double zero well, is 10. Well, see... That's how it always had. That's how a lot of people have interpreted it. But I have had, I have seen very compelling arguments on the internet that all D100 tables should not go to 100. The highest number should, you should be able to roll uh, zero to 99. Zero to 99. Not one to 100. But on no other die can you roll zero. I know. And that's why D10s are fucked up. Because <laughs> this one has Percent- a zero on it, which is 10. Which is, I mean, but but or is it just zero? (laughs)
No, it's ten. Or I is it? I don't zero. Steve, 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 Steve will die on this. Steve, it's, it's a zero. This, now, when did the Red Stack podcast so, start to go? Here's the thing. Uh, the this, when it's when it's when we yeah. had to take Steve and Nathan to the hospital so, for a fist yeah. fight, <laughs> like black guys. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so, uh, interesting little thing there is that in the original game set, the original D twenty didn't go to twenty. Hmm. So there's historical precedents. I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> well, it went one to ten twice. Well, that's fine. <laughs> and your one to ten, your one to ten uh, was, was fucked up. Was it was it was two different colors. So it was it was whatever you colored it in with a, with a crayon. But normally it was like red and black or something. Wait, like that. I'm sorry, a crayon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to, you had to color in your own dice. It, it it came the the numbers were slightly hollowed, and so right, you had to color it in. Right, but with a crayon. Yes. Yeah. You mean we didn't have molten core dice in 1970? <laughs> not that I'm aware of, I guess. I don't know not, the history. Not, when did markers Not on purpose. 